like, like a wood can't stand the sound of people like crumpling up around people's backs. White noise. It's like a little sound show. Sound show. Sound show. Sound show. I'm in a converted fourth floor clothing store in Manhattan's garment district. They shoved all the racks to the side, set up chairs, a projector, a screen, one of those branded wallpaper things that celebrities take photos in front of. I'm watching the premiere of a work of rap and theater, of video and literature, hip hop retellings of classic books taken to a whole new level of production. So let's get the etiquette evident now that I said it, I bet you will have to agree. What's about to happen is only once happened to rap and theatrical music medley. Doing it all in one take. There's so much at stake. There'll be some mistakes, we'll see. We in the building, they about to be killing it, we gotta give them more mad energy. It's all the product of bars, a post-Hamilton theater workshop centered around hip-hop. The entire video clocks in at almost 38 minutes and is the culmination of just seven weeks of workshopping by the young artists that fill the room. There's singers, poets, rappers, actors, playwrights, handpicked by deaf poetry jam vets, theater directors, and Broadway actors. In short, they have skills. And they're using them to try and change the landscape of contemporary theater. Welcome to Sound Show. I'm Tolu Adyonwe. Today, we're talking about the sounds of verse and hip-hop and theater and what it means when they all occupy the same space. It's a scene that touches a wide range of creators, producers, and audiences. The hip-hop theater scene has been around for a while, but it's been launched into the spotlight by the recent success of the musical Hamilton. The Bars Workshop is a new addition to that scene. My name is Rafael Casal. I'm a, a primarily a writer and a performer. The idea for Bars came up during a conversation Rafael had with a friend. One of them jokingly suggested that we do we run a rap workshop because she was a casting director and she's like everybody comes in here to audition and they can't rap and they suck and like jokingly she was like you probably clean up if you if you did a workshop teaching people how to rap Raphael mentioned it to his friend David Diggs who was in the original cast of Hamilton and I was like yo you want to hear this funny suggestion that I just got and we like I told him and we like threw our heads back and then he like you know we like finally caught our breath and he goes Actually, <laughs> that'd probably do really well. I get asked all the time for tips for these auditions. And we were kind of like, well, we really have no interest in prepping people for a Hamilton auditions, like, at, like whatsoever. But what a great excuse it would be to sort of like create a workshop that actually talked about like the culture of verse work and how, and how it's sort of leading to this this heightened moment of attention so that we can inform like what's going to happen in the next five to ten years with theater. With guest lecturers like Black Thought from The Roots and Oscar Eustace, the artistic director of the public theater, Barr spans multiple fields of performance. Rafael is adamant about the importance of multidisciplinary work. You know, you never hear anyone in the creative team of Hamilton calling it a hip-hop musical. Like, it is it is inverse, but it, it accesses so many different genres of music um, along with rap. And I think bars sort of have, will always have the same, the same challenge. 
to say that, all right, the entry point and the association can be from the excitement of rap in theater. But once you get in this space, we're going to expand what that idea is. Like, that, that can get you in the theater, but you're not going to leave with that. Verse is the rhythmic structure of a composition. It describes how a piece is read, spoken, or performed. So Raphael's emphasis on verse is not a move to distance Hamilton or bars from hip-hop, but to expand the idea of what hip-hop can be for people who aren't familiar with the genre. Musical theater icon Stephen Sondheim has talked about the work of rhyme and how it does something to the listener's perception. It can strengthen what you're saying. It can engage the listener in a different way than regularly spoken word. What? Watch your rush, watch your hurry. You gave me such a fright. I thought you was a ghost. Half a minute, can't you sit? Sit you down, sit. All I meant is that I haven't seen a customer for weeks. Did you come in for a pie, sir? This isn't a new concept. Ask any Shakespeare aficionado or Talib Kweli fan. Listen to these lines from Talib Kweli's 2002 song, Get By. The entire song is amazing. But in this part especially, you can hear how the meter parallels the subject matter of what he's saying. Your activism attacking the system, the blacks and Latins in prison, numbers in prison, they victim black in the vision, shit and all they got is rapping to listen to. I let them know we missing you, the love is unconditional. Even when the condition is critical, when the living is miserable, your position is pivotal, what ain't bullshitting you now. Talib sets the scene. Black and brown people in prison disproportionately by a system that keeps getting stronger. He frames rap as a disruptor of that dynamic, the hero. And then he uses that alliteration and repetitive rhyme scheme at the end to mimic the harshness and the recurring violence of the system. Even when the condition is critical, when the living is miserable, your position is you now. There's a narrative there, and it's helped by the verse and the language used to tell the story. This is where the name of the workshop comes from. Bars are the lines of verse in a rap song and the building blocks of the entire composition. Creeping through the mansion of my master. Which room? Which bed? Which like with a pale head? Kiss a soft pale blue light, make a look half dead. The Bars Workshop curriculum focuses on optimizing both the structure and the content of these building blocks. Examining things like the seven common story archetypes in literature, but also focusing on delivery, cadence, rhyme structure, Reconstructing scenes using those tools of rhythm and verse. Follow your personal legend. The direction your destiny is in the desert. Go make your impression. Just know that you're gonna be tested and threatened and questioned, facing the wretched depression. But there's a lesson. Keep stepping. Hip hop, in, in a way, is always a theatrical medium. You know, when you see hip hop performed, when you see any sort of thing, there's character in it. There's essence. There's storytelling. And I think those things lend themselves to theater. That's Janelle McDermott. She was a part of the most recent session of the Bars Workshop. Like a lot of the other students, she stays busy. I'm a multi-platform artist. I do a lot of music, theater, do a lot of work in musical theater, um, acapella. <laughs> but to her, the most important connection to the art she does and the art she engages in is the storytelling. You know, when something like a Hamilton retells a story that you thought you knew, it works out really well because folks who didn't know they loved hip-hop love hip-hop. Mm -hmm. um, because it's just another form of storytelling. For Janelle and her cohort, Storytelling is at the root of what they're trying to develop. And dynamic storytelling is what recent successful musicals have encouraged them to embrace. So hi, I'm Matt Werner. I'm working on Burning Man the Musical. It's a satirical musical in the style of Book of Mormon. And it's set at the Burning Man Festival in Nevada. Matt was in the most recent bar session too. And so from that actually took the creative team working on Burning Man the Musical to Hamilton 
not because we're writing a pure hip-hop musical, but just to see this is what a musical looks like in contemporary modern-day verse. Like, we need to have it in the modern vernacular. The modern vernacular is the bar's calling card. At the end of each session, they've released a video medley of the work that the students have created. In this cohort's medley, famous literary works are transformed into stage scenes. My own favorite is the re-rendering of Toni Morrison's novel, Beloved. Blue stone road, righteous women, strong black bones, fight within them. Bibles, crosses, palms to the sky. What my boss gonna say when he arrives? Running home on wounded feet. Am I free? Am I free? This is an evolution in musical theater. Here's David Diggs. The only way that theater stays relevant is by being able to adapt to whatever is relevant outside of the theater. But not everyone is sure that the same audiences who saw Hamilton are ready to see what else is outside of the theater. Hi, it's Camila. Camila Forbes is the executive producer for the Apollo Theater. She co-founded the Hip Hop Theater Festival, now known as High Arts. She was also an associate director of Holla If You Hear Me, the 2014 Broadway musical based on the life of rapper Tupac Shakur. After a four-week run in the summer of 2014, the show closed. Do you think that if Halifi Hemi was like going up, um, maybe like next month or in the next few months, that there would be a difference uh, in reception? No, 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 no. Because I think it was a different piece of work. I think we're also talking about Tupac, right? Mm-hmm. So you cannot get around because we're also talking about politics. We're also talking about race politics. We're talking about class politics here. So when I mentioned it felt safe because I'm going to a musical about Alexander Hamilton, a historical musical, not necessarily hip-hop. Um, there's something safe about that to Broadway artists who might be buying a ticket from Idaho um, and may have their only preconceived politics around race, around class, and around hip-hop that would prevent them from wanting to, say, go to a uh, holler if you hear me. And quite frankly, I think that barrier would probably still be there. While it's exciting to see people raving about the speed at which David Diggs can spit and just falling in love with the Hamilton cast album, it doesn't necessarily mean that people are rushing out to see hip-hop in the proscenium. Hip-hop has been on smaller stages for years, but with all that goes into putting on a theater production, it's difficult to predict when lightning will strike. The show has to, the show has to, I mean, like, there's so many, there's so many pieces that Hamilton's or boxes that it checked off for, for, you know, American audiences. The fact that it feels like a patriotic show, the fact that it feels like a reinvention of American history or a reimagining of American history, I think that does something for people. Um, or, or it's an entry point that's more accessible than Holler If You Hear Me, which was like a New York-based show about a California-based artist that has a rivalry with New York starring Saul Williams, who you may or may not know, you know? And then taking arguably one of the most gangster motherfuckers of all time and and turning him into a Broadway number. like that. Like, And that's no knock to the show. I didn't see the show. I don't know nothing about the show. A lot of my friends were involved in making that show. And it, it may have been phenomenal and slept on, or it may have been a, just a miss conceptually. You know, like, how, why do dope albums not get heard? You know, wrong cover, wrong, wrong, somebody wasn't charismatic enough, who knows? Um, but sometimes the ingredients alone don't make a dope dish <laughs> um, or, or the right restaurant to serve it in. Certain work works in certain places and certain work doesn't, which is why a Disney um, 
Snow White, yeah, it works on Broadway because you're also trying to attract 11 million viewers from a million different kind of households. So there's a kind of a cross section that needs that that has to happen. But there's also a kind of like, you know, there's a certain specificity that unfortunately gets lost in a lot of commercial theater. The specificity of, say, a politically charged, lyrically complex piece. The same night that they won the Grammy for Hamilton, Kendrick Lamar performed on the Grammys. I'm the biggest hypocrite of 2015. And I watched that and I was like, but when is that shit gonna be on Broadway? I'm the biggest hypocrite of 2015. Once I finish this, if you listen, it's sure you will agree. This motherfucker just walked in, in cuffs down a prison lane, and then had like a fire pit. Like, I want that on Broadway. I want 2016 rap music on Broadway with an audience that is sophisticated enough in the genre to appreciate the density for which he spits. And Bars is about that. I want that to happen not in 30 years, not as long as it took hip-hop to do, but I want that shit in five or three. Ryan Nicole recently graduated from Bars Session 2. She feels that the local is being set up to shine right now. You know, what Bars does, not only for the artists, but for the community outside, is it validates the work that has always existed in our communities, you know what I mean? And says, no, this is what you need to be paying attention to. It's cutting edge because it comes from the voice of the people. It's innovative because it comes from the heart of the folks that you want to talk to, right? Our communities, as in communities of color. The voices from the fringe, the margins. This is where hip-hop came from. As protest music, as common cultural language, the verses were there before Playbill knew about them, and they'll be there long after Hamilton leaves the trending topics list. For Ryan and for all the MCs, the spotlight has been a reminder that a fresh 16 is valid. It's valuable, it's commercially viable, it's a tool that can be honed and used in any manner of performance. And really, that's all David and Raphael wanted in the first place. If like bars just like planted the seed that it is an option, it is more accessible and easier than ever to pitch somebody on the idea of a new aesthetic. And I, and I hope some of those people do it. Pitching a new aesthetic. That means convincing people that something can be different. It can look different and still be amazing. In fact, it can be so incredible in its difference that it changes how you feel about new things and what you know how to expect altogether. Recently, Vice President-elect Mike Pence went to see Hamilton in New York City. A lot of people were surprised to see him in the same seats where Busta Rhymes and Lupita Nyong'o have previously sat. Pence is known for pushing policy that adversely affects LGBT communities, and he's part of an administration under which racist and xenophobic groups have forcefully reemerged. Many audience members booed in his presence, but a lead member of the cast directly addressed Pence during curtain call. You know, we had a, a, a guest in the audience this evening. And Vice President-elect Pence, I see you walking out, but I hope you will hear us just a few more moments. There's nothing to boo here, ladies and gentlemen. There's nothing to boo here. We're all here sharing a story of love. We, sir... We are the diverse America who are alarmed and anxious that your new administration will not protect us. Our planet, our children, 
our parents or defend us and uphold our inalienable rights, sir. But we truly hope that this show has inspired you to uphold our American values and to work on behalf of all of us. We don't know whether Pence internalized this message. It's pretty unlikely that a singular, well-delivered monologue completely changed his worldview. But what's most interesting here is the eruption of real life from the art. The cast felt compelled to make that statement. The audience felt compelled to boo at the figure of Pence, the representative of oppression. It's at the site of disruption that real change occurs. This hip-hop on Broadway conversation is not merely one of, great, now even more white people will listen to hip-hop. There are a bunch of white people who already do that. Go to any music festival or one-off concert for a popular rapper, and you'll see that. The exciting part is when people understand that the art is not separate from life, and that the people whose rhymes you bob your head to are not just actors on the stage. An empathy, a familiarity, needs to develop so that lyrics like Kendrick's do have a place on the Broadway stage, as does the story of a fallen bard, Tupac. At the bar screening, it's loud. You hear the students hyping up their friends as they appear on screen. They each know how much hard work it took and how beautiful the product is. They're on the cusp of an expanding movement, one which appreciates art that dances and acts and sings and raps. Finally, they get to be their full, authentic selves, and people are recognizing how awesome that is and how thrilling the future of theater can be. Hip-hop can become a staple of the Broadway scene, so long as audiences are open to new stories and to new ways of falling in love with them. Thanks for listening. This story was produced by John Lago Marcino and me, Tolo Edyomwe. It was edited by Aaron Edwards. Josh Topolsky is our editor-in-chief. Special thanks to the students and organizers of BARS and Ken Davenport. Sound Show is a production of The Outline, a brand new, beautiful website you can check out at theoutline.com. If you want to hear more Sound Show, make sure to subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. We'll be back very soon with another episode.